and welcome to this week's episode of And the Pod Goes To, presented by The Message Board. I am Alex, with me always is my co-host Nathan. Nathan, do you want to tell everyone where we are recording from this week? Uh, yes, so this week we are recording from a graveyard as we piss on Phil Spector's grave. Of course, like one of the final ones is that pile that <laughs> finally just gone. Well, did you see who actually died today? No. Hank Aaron. Oh, yes, 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 I was thinking, I was, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking movie world. Uh, he hit it out of the park with his life. I don't know. That was a bad baseball pun. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> batted, a, batted a thousand in life. <laughs> you know, yep, he batted a perfect thousand on dying, so good for him, I guess. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> So this week on our podcast, we are going to discuss uh, Wonder Woman 1984, and we're also going to talk about our top five, our our five worst movie sequels. When I made this list, like, this is very unconventional. It's not going to be like the, you know, the worst movie sequels of all time, that's the list that you always see. Like, these are like my five personal, like, I right. was disappointed, and I was right. mad. So I, I hope, tried I hope to you mix- did that too. Yeah, I tried to mix it up a little bit. I left out anything that was like a parody movie franchise yeah. and anything that was a horror movie franchise because they just know it's so notorious for being shit. Well, and you're you're not wrong there. I left out a lot of horror movies because I genuinely like franchised horror movies and I like the sequels for all of them because they're schlocky, because they're, you know, whatever, they go into weird lores and stuff like that. So I left that alone mm-hmm. because I like that. I went into the stuff that I was just genuinely disappointed by. So this, it'll be good. I think we have a couple, I bet we'll have a couple on the same, um, on the same wavelength here. So, uh, you want to start with some movie news? Yeah. So starting off first, uh, first bit of news, 007, no time to die delayed again till November. Um, along with it, some other delays that came out, uh, the Kingsman, which is one that I was really excited about, uh, moved from March to August and then Ghostbusters to October and now Morbius, uh, Jared Leto starred. Um, he is going to get pushed back until 2022. Yeah, No Time to Die has really, like... And, of course, it was, like, the barometer that a lot of these other movies used at the start of the pandemic because they were, like, the first movie mm-hmm. to actually get pushed back and then all the other studios kind of panicked and just kept doing the same thing. And, and obviously, today, there were so many announcements of movies. I think the Ghostbusters one makes sense. Like, obviously, they wanted it to be more of a summer blockbuster. But I think if mm-hmm. if we truly do get past this pandemic and are able to go into movie theaters and go see stuff, I, I think Ghostbusters will work, especially in October, because being a kind of more of a shtick of being around the Halloween time, like, I think it will mm-hmm. work. So I, I, I'm right. fine with that. No time to die. Like, yeah, I'll get pushed back to November. Um, the colder months, maybe more people are willing to um, just go watch a movie instead. Uh, you know, like it was a domino effect today that we saw with these movies. Obviously, the Warner Brothers are still going to be releasing their movies in half in theaters or not half in theaters, but they're going to be releasing it in theaters and on streaming services. Um, right. Like Godzilla versus Kong that's coming out in the next right. month, month and a half year. So they'll be well, doing that. It, just go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of which, uh, if you haven't yet, they released a bunch of like, they have a ton of trailers coming out, a bunch of footage coming out for the movies that are coming out this summer, mm-hmm. including like Space Jam, um, including with Space Jam, with, like you said, Godzilla, King of the Monster or Godzilla versus Kong, like so much of that, like they have those trailers coming out here shortly, which will um, 
kind of get you really decide whether I get ramped up for some of these movies or something I'm going to ignore. Yeah, I and, and of course, like they had just announced today too that Godzilla versus Kong's trailer is going to drop on Sunday. I'm guessing during the football games. I am mm-hmm. excited for that. There's a few movies that are coming up that I'm getting pretty amped up for. But my God, if there's one movie that I could just give two shits less about, ah, it's going to be the new Space Jam. <laughs> I am going to hate that movie. I guarantee it. And not because, <laughs> like, I don't have this undying love for the original. Like, I, I liked it because it was a kid when it came out. It was a big thing when it was around. I just don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... It's nothing we wanted. It's nothing we asked for. It's it's using its old property to try and make a buck for both LeBron James and the studio. So I just right. Not my honestly, thing. I didn't. I saw the, like the first like pics from it. I don't hate how it looks. Like they're kind of doing this like weird mix of like real D and two D. And I kind mm-hmm. I'm kind of into it. I don't hate how that looks so far. I just think it's gonna be a pile of shit. Yeah, I was just really disappointed to see that the Kingsman got pushed back to August because that's one that like I like that franchise franchise a lot. If I were to put a, like if we were to do a list of movies that like I got I liked more after I saw it the first time, mm-hmm. like I didn't get the Kingsman the first time and then I watched it again and it, I was like, fuck, this is a great movie. The second one, a little disappointing of a sequel, but so are most sequels. Um, but I was I was excited for this movie to come out. So I'm a little I'm a little bummed that I have to wait another eight months. Yeah, no, and I'm excited about it too because it's kind of going to be not like, so the Kingsman and the Kingsman and the Golden Circle, like they're both kind of like mm-hmm. comedy espionage type things where this is going to tar- take a step back and kind of go, you know, a little like more dramatic and a little darker kind of role or way that it's at least what the director and everyone around it has said. So that makes it, makes it kind of exciting for something just a little bit different. So we're not going to keep getting the same type of movie right. with these. It'll be something different. And I think from what the director and producers have said, they have like eight sequels lined up for this already, or at least oh, like they ideas. have so much shit. They have so much stuff written up. Yeah. So I mean, um, if this works out, like it could be, it could be fun. I was also really excited to get a Rasputin villain. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Cause that guy's fucked. <laughs> that guy's fucked. What do you got next? Uh, so next up, Hugh Grant and Josh Hartnett join uh, Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, and Carrie Hughes. Elways, Ellis, El. Uh, no one knows the guy from the Princess Bride. <laughs> the guy from the Princess Bride in uh, Guy Ritchie's new film. So Guy Ritchie's new film, um, you know, he's kind of getting back with Jason Statham. We talked about it before. It doesn't officially have a name yet because they changed. They kind of dropped the original name on it. I don't think it's fully in production. Um, but obviously kind of getting those two bigger names in there from the article I was reading, Josh Hartnett is going to be a much bigger part in it than Hugh Grant. Um, but you kind of see Guy Ritchie again, going back with guys that he's worked with in the past. We talked about it last week where up at Apatow has his crew. We're kind of getting to Guy Ritchie's crew and the people that he's used to working with again. Um, and he's getting a lot of like his writers and production team from the crew that did like the, um, the gentleman or whatever the last movie he did with Matthew McConaughey was. Uh, so we're kind of seeing him ramp up again with those people. And I'm excited to kind of piece this cast together. I'm also really excited that Aubrey Plaza's in this because she just, she doesn't do enough like big films in my opinion. Uh, she does a lot of indie work. So I'm excited to see her and what she can kind of pull off in this one. No, for sure. I, I like Guy Ritchie and I hope he kind of goes back to the Guy Ritchie style movies like, you know, Snatch, 
Lock, stock, and two smoke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like, it's like a dark comedy with quick wits, and Jason Statham was always a part of those movies, and he was always hilarious in those movies. Like, let him, let Jason Statham cook. Like, let him do his thing. Like, he was always funny. And Aubrey Plaza could bring in a weird... Because she does, she is genuinely funny, and let her, like, mm-hmm. if she does, like, a weird character, like, maybe, like, some sort of, like, different accent with this character, too, that could be kind of interesting. So this it, this is turning out to be a good cast. Like, right. It, 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 it's set up to be a good movie, and I'm hoping Guy Ritchie kind of comes, circles back around and goes back to his roots as far as, like, the the crime, crime, eh, crime comedy dramas. Right, like yeah. Like we know and love. And I think... I think that's what he's really pushing for, and I think that's going to be a, a really nice setup for him. No, awesome. What do you got next? Uh, so next up, Brie Larson is set to star and produce in a new show for Apple Plus called Lessons in Chemistry. Uh, the synopsis is a 60s woman named Elizabeth Zott who uh, dreamed of having a career in science. However, due to the misogyny of the time, she's relegated to a domestic life. Now as a pregnant woman who is alone and fired from her job, Elizabeth has... Uh, has to pick up herself up and find a new career path. She finds that as a host of a cooking TV show, which she aims to use as a stepping stone back in the world of science. Uh, this is likely to start production after she's done with the sequel to Captain Marvel, um, which isn't set for it, which is a November 2022 release. Uh, but she sh- should be, again, in the article I was reading, as long as production goes uh, smoothly on Captain Marvel 2, they she should be able to start working on this in late 2021 or early 2022. I'm I'm in anything she is in, I'm all about it. Like I love her both as an actress and as a just a person. Like I think she's great. Mm. She she's comedic, she's dramatic, like she has every God, she hits all the points that I want right. in, in an actress and she it doesn't it doesn't hurt that she's just so like I'm just drawn to she's the so screen. She's so likable. Yeah, I'm drawn to the screen when I see her. If she, yep. if she, I don't know, I, I, I'm probably going to kick myself for not remembering anything, but if she ever does a horror movie, she has hit every, like, genre for me. Like, she's, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's hit, she's hit the cycle. She's hit for the right. cycle as far as movie goes, if she can do that. Like, I, anytime right. she is on the screen, I am glued and I'm in. So I, She I'd would be probably in. be, again, talking about, like, awards and stuff like that, like, she already has an Oscar. Mm-hmm. If she were to do TV music and uh, like do a musical, I think she'd wrap up a Tony pretty quickly. Like and again, she she's sing. she's just so multi talented, um, and I just don't think anything else is. I don't think that's nearly out of the realm for her at all. No, and we, um, we've seen her, sing especially in, in with Scott the way, Pilgrim. right, and especially the way that they keep releasing like musicals to movies and stuff like that. Like she'll find a project that she's comfortable with and she'll jump into it and. If it's a good musical that wins some some Tony love and stuff like that, she's I, I she's gonna have a really I think good path for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, she's an incredible actress, Oscar winner, um, and she's not like an Oscar winner that didn't deserve it. Like that role in um, in the room is fucking incredible. Like I I just can't say enough about that movie. Um, so I I like this. It's. Apple TVs though has really thrown out some terrible shows and I don't know like the only good show that I've heard of getting like good re- good reviews across the board is uh the Bill Lawrence run show Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. That's So that's like the that's the only show that I've heard like across the board getting really rave reviews. Um other than that I just don't like 
the the newsroom or or not the newsroom the morning um, show the morning show and whatever the show Jason Momoa did and like I C or whatever C yeah like not nothing else that they've really done has pulled in a lot of work so that's my only fear like I don't know if like they pitched this to other networks and then Apple Plus was like yeah we'll do it or if Al- she pitched it to Apple first and they're like sold right so that's that's my only that's my fear there so i think apple's going for the i don't want to say the shock value but they're going for the eye candy value as far as like from what i've seen as far as like what they're putting out there so they put out the morning show with jennifer aniston steve carell uh mark they're going for names yeah they're going for the names the jason momoas they they just got news of the world with tom hanks yeah that's gonna be on there You know, they're going for the, the eye candies, the shock values as far as who you're getting, but they're not going for right. content per se. Right. So I don't. But that's that's what I that's my fear with it, though, is like I don't want something that's going to be just a show to be a show. I want something that's going to be that's going to want me to make me want to watch it. I think she's charismatic enough to be able to pull this off no matter like I'm not if if, if it's awesome. Great. If it's not. It's just going to be, you know, an even level show. It's going to be like, you know, a seven on the pH scale. It's a neutral. Right. Like it's it, 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 it's going to be what it is. It's good. People are going to watch because she is a, she's becoming a very much a household name. And she's just got that energy. Do you remember? Did you ever see her do? So she uh, was guest hosting for Kimmel for a few episodes. I didn't see any of that. She guest hosted for Jimmy Kimmel Live. She is just good. She just everything she does, she is just perfect, and I can't handle it. Right, I love her. I love her. Nathan. See, and I, th- I think this is going to go one of two ways, and I, I feel like there maybe isn't a middle where she is. Um, it's either going to be like Julie and Julia, that movie that was like Oscar bait with because mm-hmm. um, Meryl Streep was in it, and anything Meryl Streep does is Oscar bait, but um, it had that in it. But it, she, there was also that movie called Joy that um jennifer lawrence did thank you jennifer lawrence did joy and i don't think that was very well received so i feel like this is going to be yeah i feel like this is going to be one of the two spectrums i don't think it's going to fall somewhere in between i think the only thing that can kill her career at this point is legitimately her doing blackface naked on stage live to 100 million viewers i don't think she can do wrong I really don't. Fair enough. So okay. that's all I got about Brie Larson. Nathan, I love her. I know you do. It it goes Brie Larson on a de Amres. Like it's <laughs> it's and she and I, I don't know if you saw Ana de Amres and Ben Affleck just broke up. Granted, I'm a married man. But I mean you could move to Utah. I, I've can I've tried convincing my wife to move to Utah multiple times. <laughs> uh the only person I could convince my wife for us to have a a multi-marriage with would be Halsey. Mm. I was going to say Ben Affleck, but uh, she does love Ben Affleck. <laughs> Gone Girl might be her favorite movie. A, because it's Ben Affleck and B, because we see a glimpse of his penis. Like it's sold. Sold. Do you ever like log into Kaylee's computer and you're like, Kaylee, were you watching Gone Girl again? Yeah. Why is it paused in the bathroom scene again? I, 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 I walked in on her one time and she was on Pornhub and all she typed into the search bar was <laughs> bat flick penis. <laughs> <laughs> the search Ugh, engine. Didn't, sorry, didn't Alex's mom. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you got next? 
so speaking of Ben Affleck, <laughs> yes, he said he said in an interview recently that he's do- he's only going to take on roles that are personally rewarding um, from now on. So his days of like Armageddon and like the huge blockbuster movies are in the past. And that's fine. Like, I'm not going to say that he's done like exceptional work, but like the last 10 years, like ever since Argo, he has done mm-hmm. stuff that is really solid work. Like he did Argo. He did the town. He did. Uh, the Don win- justice. Super good. <sighs> it Okay. <laughs> He had the vi- they had a vision and I appreciate what they were trying to do. Like he really wanted to be the new Batman. Like he had like this all planned out and he was I, gonna do his I, own. Don't movie. get me wrong, I'm a f- don't get me wrong, I'm not a I'm a fan of Batfleck. I, I I will say that he's he's like number four to me in terms of Batman. It wasn't but, his fault. I'll say that. Right. Correct. Martha I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? We have mothers that have the same name. We're the same person. <laughs> this is impossible. Are we brothers? Are we brothers? But no, like <laughs> Ben Affleck has done like Gone Girl. Like he's done really well in the last ten years. Like he's been very wise as far as choosing his roles. So I, I you know, I don't, I don't see a difference in what he's doing. So right. That's that's fine. I'm all about it. That's fair. I, I just want to know why he's lying to us because they're gonna throw some money at him and he's gonna be like. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, this is definitely personally rewarding to me, aka my bank account. Yep. So, I'm in. Yeah. That's... Armageddon, Armageddon two. What are we drilling now? <laughs> Look who's drilling now. <laughs> Armageddon two. We're looking at you, Moon. Armageddon two. Haley return. God damn it. <laughs> Haley comments revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Haley's com- or uh, Armageddon 2 come at me now <laughs> come at me now <laughs> okay Armageddon 2 Uranus <laughs> sorry that was cheap that was bad alright what do you got next <laughs> I mean I, I appreciate it because I still laugh at every time I have to say Uranus in the planet system. I think it's a it's definitely a Futurama joke, but I think that they're talking about Fry says a year says something about Uranus and uh, the nobody prof- laughs. The, per- the professor's like, no, Fry, we, and we as the astro like the astronomers, blah blah blah, changed Ur- <laughs> Uranus Uranus to, to, to a- get rid of that stupid joke years ago. What's it called now? Your rectum. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that show. Okay, what do you got next? Oh, so much. Uh, so next up, uh, Charlie Cox, who plays Matt Murdock in the Netflix series Daredevil, who obviously is also Daredevil. Uh, he's been rumored to have been seen on the set of Spider-Man Three. So you literally called it. Like we talked about it last week, and I I, I went online the next day, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, Nathan is a he's a prophet. He can read. He can see the future. Look, all I'm saying is that if Spider-Man jumps from universe to universe and they bring in other universes, Sinister Six villains, I called it, and uh, Warner and uh, Sony owes me a million dollars. Just, just a casual now. million, like it's yeah, fine. that's it's not cool. a lot to them. No, exactly, it's a lot to me. It's, it's not a lot to them. So yeah, I mean, again, just I like I said, I like the Netflix series shows. Iron Fist aside. Um, 
I, you know, Luke Cage didn't have a great second season. His first season was a lot stronger. Daredevil, I thought, was strong um, in all of its seasons. I would be ex- there. There was like some fan art that had some of the um, Daredevil and Punisher uh, players on a on the new Spider-Man poster. Like they added them in. Like they added Foggy. Um, they added Kingpin. They added uh, Daredevil, Punisher, and stuff like that. So I'd be excited to see them in because I thought that was a really strong cast. And again, just talking about Vincent D'Onofrio being like an incredible actor, I think that he would be. Um, I think that he would be a really, really, really strong kingpin for this movie, as we talked about last time. For sure. Let's just keep talking into existence. Like, if we keep talking let's about it, it's it. got to happen, right? Right. That we have sense. like 50 listeners, so let's yeah. get them to storm Sony. <laughs> storm the beaches. <laughs> be the saddest. Sony can't get away with it this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. What do you got next? Uh, so next up. And last bit of news here. Dennis Quaid is set to star in a fact-based biopic as Ronald Reagan. And David Henry is going to star as young Reagan. So I saw the pictures of, of what Quaid is supposed to look like as Reagan. He just mm. looks like he Dennis He just Quaid looks like Dennis Quaid. In a cowboy hat. Looks nothing yeah. like Reagan. Which yeah. I, it, it's fine. Yeah. Not every biopic, they have to look exactly like them. But yeah. at least try. Right. Um, but you know what? Like one of the things that we are like remiss that we, we are sad we missed is the Will Ferrell biopic. Um, that was supposed to happen with him. How, how not Ronald Reagan would he have looked? True. But I feel like it would have been a, I shouldn't say it's better performance. I think it would, (laughs) I think you'd have done good with it. But the Reagan estate shut that down immediately. Like right. the the family of Reagan shut that as soon as they saw Will Ferrell attached to that script, and especially it being so heavily played about his 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 last years with especially batting with dementia and the, <laughs> them mm. having to convince them that he's an actor playing the role of the president of the United States. Like it'd have been pretty far fetched. Yeah, it would have really liked it, but the estate shut that down pretty quick. Right. Speaking of terrible looking Reagans, mm-hmm. um, so on HBO Max, they have Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I was watching some episodes of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and there's a Christmas episode in season one where, like, the joke from like the first couple episodes is that they are neighbors, or like the the Reagans live in the same neighborhood they do. Because this took place late '80s, early '90s, so it was like end of Reagans. Um, it was like the end of Reagans. Uh, whole uh, it was the end of Reagan's era or his presidential terms because I couldn't think of the fucking his term, term presidential. Yes. Um, but they have a Reagan like they have an episode where Reagan comes over, and man, did he look bad! I don't know who the <laughs> actor was, but it looked like it looked really bad to the level of like the whole thing with um, Mike Myers is that that's a um, that's a mask from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That's a William Shatner mask, right? Yep. You're aware of this? Okay. It so, almost looked like it almost looked that bad. Like it was like, like it was such a like just it tell. was like you knew who it was because everybody cheered and was like, oh my god, Ronald Reagan. Everybody freaked out. But like other than that, like it looked so fake and it looked so bad. I 
I, I'm sad to say that I don't remember that episode, but I trust you. But yeah, like, excuse me. The, the idea of just, like, having, like, everyone talk about how it's supposed to be a character and everyone talk about talk about it, and then they finally show the character and, like, if they wouldn't have said a single word, I wouldn't know who the hell this is. Like, when they're right. supposed to be, like, portraying somebody, but they look nothing right. like them. Like, I don't know. Like I said, Dennis, it, Dennis Quaid didn't try to look like anybody but himself in a cowboy hat. And it's just got to be the laziest attempt. And maybe that's just a, a, a still from the the set from a day that he didn't have his makeup on or something. But, man, it, the face is completely different. The nose is off. The it, Everything about it is just wrong. So I hope right. they really, like, I hope the internet Sonic the Hedgehog is <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog's this and just, like, makes right. them redo the entire thing there. You know, right. the one time the internet did something right. Right. I just, obviously, it's going to be so hard to find anybody that actually, like, looks enough like Reagan for him to do this. So, you just, you feel like Quaid has to get the mannerisms right. Mm -hmm. And he has to, like, get the voice and everything like that down. Obviously, it seems like they're going to be covering part of his, like, with with David Henry. Um, are you familiar with who he is? I'm not, to be honest with you. So, it, the other, the only thing that I can really think of that he's in, that he's famous for is he plays the older brother to Selena Gomez on Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay. Okay. I never watched um, the show, but I think I know who you're talking about at least. Okay. So he's playing young Reagan. So I don't know how young they're going. Like if he's actor, young actor Reagan, if he's, I play football at Michigan Reagan or like what his, what his spot's going to be. Mm -hmm. But I'd assume they're covering like all stages of his life. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. Like, again, you just, you have to get the mannerisms right for me to think it's going to be good. Right. Uh, which I don't, I don't hate the idea of Dennis Quaid doing this, but like I've said before, and this Dennis Quaid is dollar store, Kevin Costner. And what, what's Kevin Costner doing right now? This feels a 1000% like a Kevin Costner movie where he's like, it's a historical drama biopic. That is Kevin Costner's like bread and butter. So the only way Kevin Costner would have been in this movie is if Reagan entered a golf tournament and was playing in it. Like it had it had to oh. shoe in some sort of sports in here. Well, I was going to I was going to say Reagan. It. I mean, I was going to say baseball, but Reagan also played football in college. Yeah. Like Reagan was he'd That's... be too old. To, he's way too old to play a, a college football playing Reagan. Don't get me wrong, he would have tried. Blitz. And it would have been Blitz. <laughs> Right. It would have been about as it would have been about as accurate as his British accent in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. But <sighs> but like this just feels like a Kevin Costner movie like a thousand percent. Is Kevin Costner the laziest actor of all time? Like he just doesn't prepare for the characters. He only takes roles that like he wants to do. No, like because there's other actors that take less like take do roles the same way. Like we love Robert Downey Jr. His characters are all the same. He played Iron um, Man once and now that's his character for the rest of the rest of his life. Right. Like all of his movies he's in, he is that character. He's the showboaty. He's the um he's the guy who's smarter than everybody else in every single movie he's in. Other than Tropic Thunder. And I love how the one character he goes outside of his comfort zone, it's a comedy. And then he gets nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Doing blackface. It, I love, and he wasn't I, even the one, he wasn't even the one who got in, tr like, the media and everybody pissed off in that movie. It was fucking Ben Stiller and his, 
and his adaptation of somebody with me- mental retardation. Yep. Like, it, it blows my mind. But I love like, that there's movie just so those much, actors. I would, I would put Liam Neeson up against Kevin Costner as like the laziest. Like, I'm take all of the roles I do are the exact same role character. And he doesn't try to hide his accent at all. Right. Other than I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but great things about Cold Pursuit. Like I heard it's actually a funny movie. I think we need to review it sometime. This might be like if we can find yeah. it. Yeah, that'd be fun for us just to like just turn our brains off and just let it happen. Right. Just let I it think happen. if we I think if we do it though, we have to do both the versions of Cold Pursuit because there isn't uh oh what country is it? Is it Norway? I mean, I would imagine it's it might be Nor- a... Norwegian or Scandinavian. Yes, I think it's Sweden, where wherever the Scars Guards are from, because uh, I I always get the mix up. Dad Scars Guard that was in Dad's Guard, Peter Scars Guard, Dad Scars Guard. Yes, thank you, Peter. Or is it... Peter Scars Guard? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm looking. Uh, Peter right Scars Guard, who does like the he does the Avengers movies, or he did the Thor movies. He is Liam Neeson's character in the in their country's adaptation of the film, the original version of said movie. Sorry, go ahead. I, so it's a I, weird name for a movie. I don't even know how to pronounce this. This is super fucking. I'm I'm trying to figure out. You keep talking. I'm gonna try to figure out where the hell this. But is. any I, anyway, I'm just saying like this feels like like Liam Neeson takes all those like same like ever since he's done Taken, that's been his role. Every single movie that he's done is just like this non-threatening but yet aggressive person, and I. You know, again, Liam Neeson, Kevin Costner does all the same movies. So, and the one time Kevin Costner like stepped out of the historical dramas or like sports dramas, he did Waterworld. And oh. <laughs> uh, it's also Stellan Skarsgård. Sorry, I got that wrong. It was Stellan okay. Skarsgård. I'm still trying to figure out what country it's in, but in, in regardless, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like I think it'd be be a fun watch, be a good time. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you have anything else before we review a movie? That's all I have. Okay. Let me pull up Wanda... Or not WandaVision. Let me pull up Wonder Woman here. All right. Wonder Woman 1984. Um, came out, obviously, 2020. Late 2020. Um, came to streaming on Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. It is in theaters mm-hmm. right now, as well as HBO Max. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Diana must contend with a work colleague and a businessman whose desire for extreme wealth sends the world down a path of destruction after an ancient artifact that grants wishes goes missing. Uh, Wonder Woman stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, uh, Pedro Pascal, Patty Jenkins returns to direct. I just, I texted you last night as I was watching the movie. I'm mad that I wasted yeah. two and a half hours of my life to this piece of shit movie. This movie sucked so bad. And yeah, I went to work today good. And I went into every single office and I talked about how much I hated this movie. And everyone wa- mm-hmm. everyone apparently has seen it too. And they all agree with me. This movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. This movie from the start is not great. The whole the scene in Themyscira where she's as her in her childhood. Um the next scene coming up was like they do that whole thing and it's a, supposed to be like a lesson builder, maybe like a bit of a foreshadowing about the entire movie. And then you move into the mall scene, which I actually enjoyed the mall scene, like the fun, like 80s references and everything that they're throwing out there. 
um you know with like the mall becoming the um the mall and like the growth of that and it becoming like a like the staple of where to hang out in a large city uh i thought the mall scene was fun her like kind of going through and taking care of everything even like the point where she looks at the little girl and like winks at her and like shushes her so she makes sure she doesn't tell anybody like that was the cheeky that was the fun but that's where like the good things in this movie ended the action sequences were good like Gal Gadot still has it in that regard but I didn't feel like they're like the villains in this movie were both they were as Ron Swanson would once said half-ass don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing and they half-assed two villains that could have been really good. Pedro Pascal killed it. I like for what he was given. I thought Pedro Pascal was really good. Mm-hmm. I hated Kristen Wiig in this movie. Yeah, hated and, and we'll talk about that. I think in Cheers and Cheers. Oh, I, one thing I want to point out. So you, like you said, there is the opening scene with young Diana doing the trial, like you mm-hmm. know, doing the contest thing, and then we get into the mall scene. That's in the first 10, 15 minutes. Okay, the next mm-hmm. time that we actually see action or wonder woman i time stamped it is not until mm. an hour and 20 minutes in okay yeah and that's when it they, that's tries when so oh my god it's awful and then we have to wait another fucking it tries minutes. so hard to like it tries so hard to develop your story and it tries so hard to develop your characters and it just doesn't do it it's a gassy like, fart there's so much hot air that they that kept in this movie right so for those of you listening who haven't seen the movie Basically, and and this is the thing I didn't like about the mall scene. And this blew me away after, like, re-watching it again. Because the first time I wrote, the first time I watched this, I was re- I was writing the review for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was half in and out because I wasn't super interested because I knew it wasn't a great movie. But I, I re-watched the scene, and the reason that the bank robbers or the robbers are at the mall in the first place is because there's a black there's a black market like yeah uh black market ancient artifacts in some like jewelry store in the that mall. was weird it's like a that's front so... for an ancient artifact yeah below. yeah like really yeah super super convoluted like it oh you guys so get all of your everything felt right so shoehorned in like right you could have easily done that like that scene at anywhere else but because they needed to get the mall stuff in there which again like i said the mall was like the fun part of it the reason they're at the mall kind of killed that. That didn't kill that scene, but I'm like, oh, that's a shitty reason. Like, what a like a terrible entrance into that scene, um, or a terrible entrance into like the reason you have to go to the mall. But other than that, the mall scene I had a lot of fun with. Yeah. Um, but basically, at so in the artifacts that they're do that they find at the mall, it's a stone that um, grants people wishes. And it takes you then to the Smithsonian where, where Diana's working as an ancient, um, not as an ancient artifact, but as a ancient like languages and ancient history um, uh, purveyor, whatever you want to call it. For, yeah, like, yes. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't curator curator. Yeah. Is yeah. So she's a curator for ancient, like ancient worlds. And that's where you also meet uh, Cheetah for or Kristen Wiig's character for the first time. Um, it's part of where you see Pedro Pascal for the first time. Like, there's a lot that happens in the Smithsonian scene, but this rock is the thing that they're pining after because it grants people wishes. 
but as the rock gives you something it also takes something away it's the monkey's paw theory it's it's it, right it's 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 a it's an overused plot device and i'm right. kind of and i'm thinking about this like they could have set up the 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 lore and like the history of the rock in the first scene versus like the overarching thing of like you're not per- you're not ready or like the truth is blah 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 like set up for what the rock is instead of just like I, I don't, and it just felt like all of a sudden, like they had the rock in their hands, like, oh, what is this thing? And then it's this whole story arc that they try to make the movie off of. It just, it just mm-hmm. appears out of nowhere. And then, see, I think, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, ideally, I think you go your ten, your first like five minute scene that that like Themyscarin scene was. You turn that into your introduction to Maxwell Lord. You talk about like they they so quickly looked over like Mac Maxwell Lord's history of him, like being from an immigrant family and going to school and trying to start up businesses and things like that. And just like the failures, but like the things he's trying to overcome and prove himself of. And they, they so quickly run over it in that, like in the, at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. to use that scene, use that first like 10 or 15, that first 10 minute scene Use that to give me exposition on the character. Because, again, Pedro Pascal's character, he could have been good. Pedro Pascal acted this scene well. He carried, He was, like, the one shining, like, one or two shining moments of the, like, acting in this movie for me. Yeah, he, ch- and, he chummed it up really well. And that's what one of my, like, the things I liked about this movie is he played a really good 80s greedy character. Like, he right. played that... that that TV personality that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the person who's like trying to sell you something like the eighties greed, like he sold that. And mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, like, and, and I've read, it has been having a heyday with the memes of your life is good, but it could be better. Like they've been yeah. using that. Like th- there's a community yeah. one where uh, did you see the community one? No, I didn't. So it's, it's, it's a, instead of Pedro Pascal, it's Abed. And it said, these noodles are good, but they could be buttered. They could be buttered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's, it's pretty funny. But it, um, his character is very good, mm-hmm. and he's, he he plays it up really well. It's just, again, like I said, with going back to the rock thing, that like even like it just jump. He just jumps in right away. And he knows exactly what this rock is. Like, there's no backstory right. to it whatsoever. There's no exposition at no. all. You're just jumping in with a character, and the same thing with Cheetah. Like Cheetah fell like Chris and Wake's character fell flat, partially because. I, I'm going to say a little biased because I'm not a Kristen Wiig fan, but her character fell flat because she was stuck with the whole, I'm a villain because I'm unpopular. Like she has no a, reason. Uh, she has it. no reason to be a villain other than the fact that she's not popular. And it's not even like the fact that like anyone's really like, okay, some people are kind of like mean. I shouldn't say they're mean to her. They just kind of like look past her. They're not mean they to look her. Past they her. look past her. That's nothing. Right. Like Gal, right. Like Diana Prince so nice to her so yeah. genuinely tries to be her friend it's not like the the superhero trope where they they want to come in and they want to like these these the, the villain person like so electro electro the 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 barbara minervas they come in and they want to be friends with the with the superhero character but then they shove them off that's not what happened here diana prince's character took her in and was very nice to her and they've been friends it's not the fact that she is being bullied at work or bullied in public she just gets looked over and looked past. It's nothing yeah, bad. Just, like, and there's no, like, 
there's that's no motive to want to be the the like she says at the end of the movie i want to be the apex predator i want to be number one right like right no one no like there's no there's again exposition there's no exposition leading for that right right there's she has no like she has no family drama in the background she has other all it is is that she was ignored and like they even say that was like early in the movie it's like she it sounded like she hadn't worked at the smithsonian very long so like just put yourself out there to get to know other people like there's so much you could do to like avoid becoming that character and and then like again she's best friends with diana up until the one time that diana's like hey maybe you should not be a piece of shit and then she's like i hate her i'm gonna kill her yeah and like diana like saves her from getting like dare i say raped like i don't know what the guy was gonna do but like she saves her and she doesn't do it like in like a you should be more careful way she just like just genuinely again helps her like Mm -hmm. there's just no reason for her to like feel this like i get it like diana's a very good looking person but she doesn't like use that against her she doesn't use that like she plays it off she's not trying to be like oh i know i'm pretty so no one like you know like she's not trying to be like this the popular girl like she just genuinely is like she's pretty and she just like disregards these people. She's not like trying to be mean, but like mm-hmm. I don't know what the character just development just didn't work for me there. Right. And she the other thing I hated was like her complete character swap or her complete character flop in like once she starts getting powers is she quits being nice. She quits like taking care of people. Like I, yeah, there's a scene where she's helping the homeless man, and I don't you don't really see him again until like he's a bystander when she hurts that mugger again yeah um you know he's just she just has this complete flop where because now she's popular she has to she's just an ass essentially Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you talked about with with pedro pascal's character being like that that let's just say he's the uh the show of greed like that's who he is that character is greed she is very much in that same vein where she's she becomes greedy because she finally gets the popularity she was looking for. And all of a sudden it's not good enough. She has to be bigger, faster, stronger. I did like, I will say I liked the point. Um, and I will, uh, give our friend AJ some credit here. And he kind of pointed out to me a little bit, but helped me understand it. Some of like, as Kristen Wiggs character is getting stronger, um, uh, Wonder Woman is getting weaker. Mm-hmm. So like because the because the whole thing with the stone is that as it gives it also takes away. So Diana because she wished she wished to have her love back, he, she then has to she Give loses something and that's because that's her powers that the stone's taking from her. And in the same vein, Kristen Wiig wished for um Christian Kristen Wiig wished to be like wish just said she wished to be like Diana. And that's where all of her power starts coming from. That's where all of her um, ability to uh, her, her strength, her confidence and everything like that stems from the fact that she is trying to be like Diana, but it doesn't seem like they take anything away from her other than maybe her humanity. That's the only thing that I can think of is that they took away her 
yeah, her, her, her humanness. Like she, they took away right. her kindness. They took away her genuineness because like, there's that scene when she takes the, the food after the, after the banquet dinner to the homeless guy that she had later, later sees like, she's, she's still a genuine person. Like, yeah, she like gets disregarded as not being a pretty woman or not being a smart, well, she's smart, but like there's people don't, they'd kind of want to offer, but she's still like is super nice. Like, Right. And that's I think it's taken away. And that doesn't make sense. Like why take that away? I think, but I think that's taken. I think in like, I think it's literal and fig, her literal and figurative humanity, because that's also when she starts turning into the cheetah. Mm-hmm. So as it continues, it's not like she has another wish to turn into this terrible CGI. Like, it's awful. Bare, barely a step above cats, CGI cheetah. So I'm going to take a 30 on that one. So, the whole movie is is during is pretty much during the light and day. Like it's it's all set up. Like mm-hmm. everything is very like well lit. Everything is very well seen. Like you see all the action mm-hmm. very easily. And then they realized how bad bad the the shitty CGI was for Cheetah, so they had to make it in the dark to try and hide some oh, of that. Oh man, like, it's not good in the dark. Even it is terrible CGI. Like for mm-hmm. a Warner Brothers produced superhero movie, mm-hmm. that is probably some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Right. And it's like, it's just, it was so bad. And there's, again, there's action scenes that I like. Um, when, when Wonder Woman dons the, the gold armor and everything like that, I think that's a fun bit. Mm-hmm. Um, her having her like fighting off all the guards and stuff like that. And, and like her bit with her when they're in Egypt, I thought she did it like her action scenes when she's just being action. I thought those were good. I thought they were fun scenes. You again, again in the Egypt part, you kind of see her draining her power a little bit. Um, but then again, like when she's donning the armor, it gets bad when she's with Cheetah. Mm-hmm. It just it's it gets bad. Like the CGI is bad. Cheetah looks awful. Just. I can't get over how shitty she looks. Yeah, she like, I'm looks looking bad. at it. I'm looking at it right now. And again, there is some bias there because we, I, and I, I'm going to say we as a podcast are not fans of Kristen Wiig. I have said on the pod that I am not a Kristen Wiig fan. And I'm not, I, I, tr- I went into this movie with a very open mind. I watched this movie last night with the most intent. When I watch a mm-hmm. movie, I watch the movie. And I get mad right. at my wife all the time, and she always gets mad at me for yelling at her because she turns on a movie and she just stares at her phone. If I'm watching a movie, right. I am watching that movie. People put right. in hours of hard work to make this film, like the uh, countless mm-hmm. hours they made to edit the film, to act in the film, to produce the film, to film the film, everything. I I watched the movie. It. Yep. I almost DNF'd. Yeah. And I texted you. I said, I'm about to DNF this movie, but I had to get to the cheetah part, and that was the, the end right. of the movie. And I watched it all, and I watched it intently. But holy yep. shit, it was not good. Can I just say, from the second they cast Kristen Wiig, I wasn't happy about it. Yeah, and I think I would have been happy. I would have been happy for her if this move, if this, if her part would have been good, and if it would have turned out well. But it didn't. And there's one thing this movie robbed me of because Warner Brothers has unlimited amounts of money. And that's what Charlize Theron would have been the perfect cheetah. Like it wouldn't have been hokey. Like even if you do the character almost exactly the same in terms of like her, if you do the character the same in terms of her like motivation and what she's doing and everything like that, this is that part is 
10 times better with like Shirley's Theron as Cheetah as opposed to Kristen Wiig. For sure. Uh, so the studio, the studio's first choice was Emma Stone and they offered Emma Stone the part, but she turned it down. Patty Jenkins was the one who offered it to Kristen Wiig because that was her first choice. Ugh. So the the the, the list of care, the list of people they they wanted for this movie was very short. Like I said, the studio's first choice was Emma Stone, but she turned it down, and, and I'm glad because that would have been a disaster. And mm-hmm. so again, like I said, Patty Jenkins presented to Kristen Wiig, and she was she took it. So um, I just I just had such a hard time like again dealing with who what that character was mm-hmm. um again like i'm i'm watching the movie in the background right now and i'm watching the fight scene with cheetah and it's so bad it's not good but like you said like, I the also, action sequences beside that are good like the the action sequence mm-hmm. in egypt is is actually really good like i right. liked it. i love i love the plane part where they're in the they get like the the flying jet thing was little, or the invisible jet thing was that a was a little too shoehorned for me i didn't like that yeah I, I thought it was like a little cheeky fun thing, but it was also, yeah, it was rough. But her, if like my biggest knock on the character of, uh, I shouldn't say my biggest knock, but one of my knocks on Wonder Woman's character in this movie is the whip shit is so bad. The Lasso oh, of Truth is not it, good. Yeah, it looks so bad. I, I wanted to say to, like, that too. And I like, I remember the her, first movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks good. And then this movie was like, why does this look bad but like, they they only used it as in the in that one they only used it as the lasso of truth she wasn't she wasn't lassoing the clouds yeah, and true. using it to fly she Maybe wasn't lassoing used it they they way they made the whip way op like the whip is meant to grab people and make them tell the truth it is not something that she uses and granted i don't know her comics so maybe she does but i have never seen in any tv show or comic like she, cartoon or anything that i've watched with wonder woman that she uses her lasso of truth to whip lightning to fling her across the world like it's so bad that was tough i just don't get why they felt that was necessary like okay this is how she travels now or like i would have been better off with like her learning early in the movie her ability to fly Mm -hmm. because you find you see that late in the movie is her flying Give me that earlier so then she can just use it. And it would have been better off. Like, if you shoehorn that part in there, I'm more comfortable with that than her using the lasso to lasso clouds and lightning and everything to just tr- to get where she needs to go. Mm-hmm. Or she has an invisible jet now. Just use the fucking invisible jet. Right. Yeah, that... Uh... This movie is something else. And like I like I was talking about earlier, like this movie felt like there was only three action sequences throughout the entire movie, it felt like. The rest of the movie was just Gal Gadot doing outfit changes. Like literally right. every scene was her putting mm-hmm. on a different outfit. And and granted, don't get me wrong, she looked really good doing it. I wasn't mm-hmm. upset at that part. I'm just upset that I, this whole movie is just her putting on clothes. Like or like her putting yeah. on new outfits. It wasn't right. like wonder woman i would have never like why it's not a wonder, wonder woman movie. A wonder woman movie right it's not a wonder woman movie it's a diana prince movie that's and, and you know what sometimes i should say sometimes they tried it it didn't work and it bad mm. it was bad i don't think yeah. we get a third wonder woman movie we will one i we i 100 a standalone we'll third wonder woman movie 
So this this it makes was me bad. Know. It was bad, but I feel like it's still going to come out un- well enough that they're going to get her something to finish out a trilogy. Because like it's so weird to have like superhero movies as like one offs or two. Like you have to have a third to finish off the series. Um, and I think I think there's potential because like again we when this like first trailer was released like you got a lot of thor ragnarok vibes because it was colorful it was bright and that's what we kind of thought we were going to get especially when you go norse mythology and greek mythology like you had you could have fun with it you could play around with it and it's not what we got but at the same time thor the dark world which was their sequel was awful now granted thor wasn't in my opinion thor the original thor movie is not as good as wonder woman is but the second movie in the Thor lore, uh, Dark World is not Thor very lore. good. Sorry, Thor lore. Um, Thor lo- in Thor, Dark World is not a not a very good movie. So this being not a very good movie, they're going to get a third to redeem themselves. And I just I think they have to do completely the opposite of what this movie is. The difference between Dark World and this though is I feel like Dark World still moved the MCU forward. You know what I mean? I it gave us the ether, and it, it, it moved. It moved the. It moved the entire storyline forward. This did nothing. Yeah. If you ask me, it literally did nothing for the DCEU. That's there fair. was no and... setup for anything else. There was no overarching big character. It's a pretty. It's a. It's mm. a one off for sure. Like they, I think they won't address this. Like and tra- and and Chris Pine's character. There's no way they can bring him back anymore. Like they wasted right. all of that now. The only thing that here's my only thing that this would maybe add to the DCEU, and it means we have to have more Cheetah. But Kristen Wig never rescinds her wish. So True. at the end of the movie, after Maxwell Lord, so we talk so for those of you who didn't watch the movie, as the movie progresses, you find out that the stone is, like Alex said, it's the monkey pop. It, t- it gives as it, it takes as much as it gives. So Maxwell Lord gives up his ability to like, he, he wishes to be the, he wishes to become the stone. Anything somebody wishes upon him, he can take from them then. And as the movie goes on, it's killing him. It's mm-hmm. depleting his health. He reaches out to the world. He creates chaos because everything that everybody wishes because he, become he's like doing a worldwide broadcast everything that he wishes or people wish during his worldwide broadcast he's giving to them but also taking from them but it's starting to kill his health and then uh he has this plea at the end after diana has her monologue of like why we can't have things and and everything um as i'm saying this i know there's a big part that we need to jump back to but she everybody starts rescinding their wishes because they know they have to they know that life is complicated and they can't have everything they want so they start seeing everybody give their wishes back but not cheetah Mm -hmm. so if this movie come if this movie adds anything to the future dceu because this movie takes place 25 or 35 years before the events of any of the other movies you have to it has to be the fact that cheetah is in the legion of doom because they're building towards that. Yeah, and they could have teased that maybe a, if they're going to do it, they could have te- given us a little bit to try and salvage the end of this movie. I just, mm-hmm. I never felt like they, 
closed it out well. And uh, right. why don't we go, why don't you go ahead and jump back to what you want to talk about? Because you said there's there's a big part that we want yeah. to jump back to. Well, and it's just that we never really talked about. Um, it's the fact that we never really talked about Chris Pine in this movie. So in the movie, we talked about being able to wish things off the stone. Diana inadvertently wishes that she, um, that Chris Pine was, her love was back Mm -hmm. essentially. So Chris Pine then, and it's such a weird way, but he doesn't come back in a sense of like, he's back. He, his mental consciousness takes over the body of somebody else. And they, they played that for like five minutes. We're like, okay, it's a different body. But then the rest of the movie, no one says anything about it at all. Right. This guy, this guy was alive for like a month. I maybe not a month, but like two weeks, he just disappeared. And granted, like they, they show off later when he comes back and meets Diana at the very end of the movie, he doesn't have like a wife or anything like that. But what happens to his job? You can't just disappear from your job for two weeks and not ha- and come back and have a job. I mean, it's the eighties, so maybe it's like, yeah, I went on a bender. Okay, we're cool. But like, there, what happens to his job? His family's got to be looking for him. You know, like yeah. his friends are like, oh, what the heck? What the hell happened to this guy? Like, there's just nothing that they give me that's like that's the that's the toughest thing I have with Chris Pine's characters. They're like, oh, he takes over this guy's body and then he just goes back to being that other guy when. Diana rescinds her wish. I also just... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Chris Pine is a shining light in this movie. He is fun. When you talk about Diana, like, having a a scene, a clothing change every scene, his, like, actual clothes-changing scene, very 80s-esque, but very funny to me. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole parachute pants. Does everybody parachute in the future? Like, that shit was funny to me. It was cheeky. It was cheesy, but I liked it. And like Chris Pine was like the shine, like I said, he was like the shining light of this movie for me. And I just wish that we would have gotten more of him. Mm-hmm. No, and I get that. I, I they made all they used him to make the, a lot of the '80s references. And again, mm-hmm. like you said, like this movie is supposed to be kind of the Thor Ragnarok of the DCEU. Like the way it was, pre- the way it was marketed, it, the way it was us. presented, yeah, the way it was marketed. It just didn't give that vibe after the mall scene to me. Besides that, like, Chris Pine talking about all the stuff that the eighties has brought us mm-hmm. other than Do you know that, what the, sorry, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say the other thing, the other thing that this movie really lacks in, if we're going to compare it to like color wise, again, it felt like they were presenting it to be like Thor Ragnarok. The other thing that this movie really fails in is this soundtrack is shit. There's no, like you could have, again, Warner brothers out. has so much money, but they did nothing nothing to get a decent soundtrack it was so bad do you know, do you know why? it was just so plain do you know I'm, why? I'm listening i'm listening it's because hans zimmer was the composer he came back hans zimmer said he would never compose another superhero movie again after i want to say he did batman versus superman and then mm-hmm. he came back to do wonder woman wonder and hans woman. zimmer is such like a purist as far as like what goes compose music yeah. in movies so i'm guessing there was something either a in the contract or b in like he would compose the movie as long as there wasn't like an overarching like the music wouldn't take over the like the, 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 that a soundtrack wouldn't take over the score of the movie you yeah know what i mean that that's what it yeah. felt like to me because it, it the <laughs> these composers are so like old timey so very like full of themselves and granted Hans Zimmer has done some very 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 good scores but like mm-hmm. I can see them controlling the fact that they don't want the soundtrack to take over what they scored the movie 
Right. So sorry, I I zoned out for there for a second because again, I'm watching the movie in my background. You're fine. And so I'm watching the part where everybody rescinds their wishes. Mm-hmm. And like I talked about before, um, Kate, uh, oh, Kristen Wiig's character does nothing to like rescind her wish. Yep. She never says it. You never see it. But all you so what you see is her looking at the sunrise, and she's back to being human. Mm-hmm. So like I I don't know if she did I don't know if she can turn wish. it on turn it off like right, and that's where it gets a little convoluted. Anyhow, I think I think Cheetah's a staple character, so I I like to think that she didn't, and it'll come back eventually. Um, just recast Kristen Wiig, um, or just make her better. Like the writing for her was so bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, with the score, I didn't like the score. I, I like the entrance, you know, I thought like some of the, some of the parts were good. Um, but again, like get some of that fun music in there, get some of the, like the things to have those, like they could have fun action scenes really, and they did nothing. They could have done some like really good, like women of the eighties rock. Like they could have done like a lot of heart, like a lot of different right. stuff like that, you know, like that would have been cool well, then, to see like, then it just kind of feels or, like, right. But then it kind of feels like you're just copying what uh, Captain Marvel did. Fair. God damn it, fair. But still, like, if you're going to market it one way, mm-hmm. and this is this has happened for years where they market shit towards us and it's nothing like the product they want to give us at all. But, like, right. give us, feed us that slop. Like, let me eat out of that stupid fucking trough of just <laughs> of comic book stuff. And, like, just let me let me gobble that shit up and I'll be happy. But instead, right. you tried to make a—I don't know what they tried to make. I don't. I. It was all over the place. Can we score this movie? Yeah. You go first. Mine's gonna be bad. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a fifty. That's high. That's that's a little high. I. Again, there there's so many things on this movie you can shit on. But the, it looked good, minus some of the CGI pieces. It looked good. The fight scenes were decent. Chris Pine was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, even, and again, Pedro Pascal, I he kind of saved the movie. Him and Chris Pine kind of saved the movie for me. I think you get a better movie if they don't, like, again, you, you make it more of a Wonder Woman movie and less of a Diana Prince movie. You get some of those other things in there. You make it a little bit... Make it a little cheesier. I that's the problem the DCEU has always had is they try to be like way too serious and they don't have fun with things, and it's then it screws with them. There's, so make it more fun. Yeah, go ahead. and I think the bones are still there for a good franchise. Just just the next movie has to be a Wonder Woman movie, and I think we're I think we're good. I just make her again. You don't have to make Diana Prince like less human, but make her like less human yeah if you get what i mean no for sure there I, I go back to deadpool for the joke of when he makes when ryan reynolds you know makes the joke of like oh it's so dark are you sure you're not for the dc universe, <laughs> DC like, universe? Let, yeah have fun with it right have fun it's comic books get weird it's comic books they're cheesy like yeah they're drinking weird out of a batman glass right now and we're talking about shitting <laughs> out a dc movie i'm gonna i'm gonna give this movie a 29 because it doesn't deserve an even number, and it doesn't deserve to be above 30. <laughs> it doesn't deserve an even number. It doesn't deserve an even number. And I love even numbers. I The only thing that saved this movie, and I think you, you touched on it, was the Pedro Pascal character. Just He played such a good, like, 
80s greedy schlocky campy character like mm-hmm. i loved it like I-, I ate that up if the entire movie would have been like him i would have loved it like mm-hmm. he played it up yeah. so well he chummed that shit up so hard like i want pedro pascal to play all the characters now in my world and right. the, the the couple action sequences were awesome. Like again, the the chase scene in Afghanistan or in 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 Israel or wherever they were. Sorry, but Egypt, Egypt. Yes, you're right. Sorry, in Egypt, I like that. That was cool. That was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a good, yep. well seen. Just the rest of this movie just died off for me. Like it just was not good, and yeah. they just, I don't know. And seeing Patty Jenkins regress like this was not. It makes me scared because she's taking on a Rogue Squadron movie for the Star Wars films. So mm-hmm. I'm nervous now. Like, I was pretty excited when she made that announcement at at Disney at, at the Disney convention that she was going to take on mm-hmm. that movie. I'm a little right. nervous now. I think yeah. the Star Wars, I think Lucasfilm and I think Disney will rein her in a little bit and they'll, t- they'll, they'll have a vision together. I hope they still get to make this movie. I hope she doesn't leave because of creative differences because she can make good movies. But mm-hmm. am I afraid? Yeah, I am. So Fair. again, I'm gonna give this movie a 29. I just <laughs> it was not and good. And it's it's and we'll talk about it in a minute. But it's just it sucks because it just fell so flat from like such a it fell flat from such a good first movie. Like I like I like the original Wonder Woman a lot. I don't love how they did. Um, I don't love how they did Hades as a character, but or not Hades, but um, oh, got Ares. I don't love how they did Ares, but like, still, it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just it it was a really bad follow up to it, like one of the bright spots of the DCEU. Yeah, and was, I hope was, they can really turn things around in the third one. It was a breath of fresh air with the first Wonder Woman. It was just like, oh, this is where we can go from here. Okay, yeah, like I'm in. Was it like? Was it the best comic book movie ever? No, but it mm-hmm. gave us hope. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it gave us it yep. gave us hope that the DCEU was heading in the right direction. But yeah, right. here we land. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's tough. One thing I did not note, and just like I mentioned, part of what part of my score was like the cinematography. Um, I did like like the grainy. They a few scenes they threw in like the grainy eighties look to it, and I did like that. Um, I thought that was fun. I thought the, like I said, cinematography on it was good minus some of the CGI. So that's part of what raised my score up. But like I said, there were, there were just some of those fun moments. One of the like things that like raised it up for me a little bit was the Kristen Wiig character. Like she goes to the gym for the first time after getting her powers and she throws up like 245 on a, on a deadlift, um, deadlift head raise and everybody in the gym freaks out a little bit. And I thought that was funny. But again, it was just, it was rough. Um, I think we need to get into cheers and jeers. Yeah. So I'll start off with some cheers. Cheers is Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to have them mm-hmm. too as, as a cheer. Yeah. Just a great character. He played up that, the sleaze ball, like the, the 80s guy from Futurama, you know, like he's a shark because mm-hmm. sharks right. don't have necks. So I can't turn around. Yeah, exactly. Like he played the Wall Street greed guy, the guy that like, I'm going to get rich right now. That's what the eighties mm-hmm. was about was getting rich right. this second. And granted that right. hasn't changed a lot, but like how they did it was like ruthless mm-hmm. in the eighties and the yes. oil, I, how everything was played up was really well, really well done. 
Yeah, I th- I think I would agree. I'll just mention it because he is on my cheers. Pedro Pascal, he did he did the best that he could with the character. Like I said, they still kind of like half-assed the character. They did a really like they did a really jo- poor job. Like I said, giving his character any sort of exposition towards the end of the movie where he's like reliving parts of his life and why he was like so why he was so like desperate to be rich and and wealthy and everything yeah. like that. Give me that early in the movie. Give your character some background or like give him, they didn't let him monologue at all about why he was like, why he was the way he, that he was. Mm -hmm. You only get that at the very end. And instead of making like agree with the, like some of the best villains, they, they make you kind of feel like you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like they make you justification. Exactly. Whether it's Joker in uh, the dark Knight or whether it's Thanos in the Marvel movies, like you don't, they, they're like, okay, you, that makes you think, okay, I get where they're coming from. You don't get that from Pedro Pascal until the very end, third, the third act of the movie. And that's what kills me and with it. Like, re- yeah, he's they, supposed to redeem himself at that time. Right. It's so bad. And it was just so bad. He did the best that he could with what he was given. Yeah. That's tough. Um, again, we talked about it as far as, as my other cheer, one of my two, two of my three cheers, uh, cheers is mm-hmm. the the chase scene in Egypt. Like that was a good action sequence. I give props where mm-hmm. props are due. That was right. good. It was yep. well done, and it played up like yep. showing her that her powers were lessening too. Like so, it yep. did, it did it did what it needed to do, and it kept mm-hmm. the story moving. Like right, it it was a perfect setup, and it and it didn't go overboard. Like the whole. Um... Again, she uses the lasso to like propel herself forward to save the kids, but she also actually lassos onto something that's there. Correct. She's not so, lassoing like, onto it does air, clouds, or yeah. lightning. So like it gives, it still had like that plausible aspect, even though it's a fantasy movie and there really isn't a whole lot of like plausible aspects to it. But it gave you something that was like it felt more plausible and it was a good scene. So yeah, I I would agree with you that Egypt scene is really good. Uh, worth a cheer it is not on my list um my next one i think chris pine and gal gadot again just for the short amount of time they had with each other in the movie they had really good chemistry yeah it brought back with the stuff that they had from the first movie where they were they just worked really well off of each other and it brought that back like i said the whole like chris pine changing clothes scenes the whole um him flying that jet plane um and him like not being used to things of the future and stuff like that like those scenes were fun and like the chemistry was there. Those two worked off of each other really well. Uh, and I just, I like how they, they were paired together very, very well. For sure. Uh, my third one is just Gal Gadot is just a good, I just like her a lot. A, because mm-hmm. she's really pretty, but B, I think she is a good wonder woman. She is a good action person. Like she, she has yeah. like, the capabilities to do these action sequences and pull it off and do all that. And mm-hmm. I, I think they, the, the movie failed her. She didn't fail the movie. Yeah. The movie failed yeah. her. So my, che- my cheer this movie. Yeah. My cheer is just her. And I want her to keep being this character and I hope they don't kill it. I know I said that they probably won't make a third one. I bet they will. I, I it's, it's whatever. I, mm-hmm. I want her to keep being wonder woman. I do. Yeah. I genuinely do. I don't. I don't think there'd be anybody out there better for the role. Right. Fair. What's your last one? Uh, so my last cheer is gonna be the mall scene. Like I said, it was fun. It was cheesy. I, you know, the whole like, oh, you're a front for a black market like 
uh, collection, the black market, like antiques is, it was kind of convoluted, but like, like I said, the whole scene was fun. It was cheeky. You get to see wonder woman in action early in the movie. Uh, I thought that was a good, I liked that scene a lot. Oh, for sure. Jeers. <sighs> start. You start. I think the, the my bit my, my first jeer is just the setup for the stone. Like there was no like, there's no backstory. There's no lore. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just all of a sudden this stone is just there, and like Pedro Pascal's character wants the stone like immediately. Right. But there's no right. setup for it. There's nothing. Right. And there's yeah. There's no build up. Like that was part of what I liked in the first movie. Is like they talked about the gods and they talked about the Amazons and stuff like that. And they showed like this. They showed, um, they showed like they showed scenes of what was happening at the time. And like, you could have very easily done with that with the stone, but all you get is Gal Gadot going like there were good gods and there were bad gods. And there were gods that did things like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you gave me nothing. There's literally nothing to that. Other than that's an artifact that you know about, like it gave me nothing to follow. So I definitely agree with you. Like the stone was just, it was it needed to be there but again exposition was terrible they wasted so much time on things that didn't matter mm-hmm. what's your what's your first year cheetah was just awful mm-hmm. i cheetah's such a good villain and because she matches the strengths and abilities and like the the wittiness of um of wonder woman and she's like she's her franchise baddie Everybody has one, whether it's Batman to Joker, whether it's Superman to Lex Luthor, everybody has their baddie and this is supposed to be hers. And they did it so poorly. Just the CGI was awful. The acting wasn't good. The, t- the character had terrible motives, just everything across the board on Cheetah. I hated. And like you said, like we talked about, I went into this with open on open mind about Kristen Wiig and it just fell so flat. It wasn't good. Um, I'm gonna copy and paste that because it was not good, and the fact mm-hmm. that we had to wait till the last probably 15 minutes to be able to get to Cheetah was tough. Mm-hmm. Was tough. Again, the action sequences yep. were were none the plenty. So yep. waiting till the very last, the last act and the last part of the act of the movie was tough for me to get. I I know like mm-hmm. the slow reveal is there, but there wasn't a slow reveal. There was no build up to her becoming Cheetah. Besides her, wearing, I mean, there like, kind of was because she wish, she wishes on the stone in like the end of the first act, and you don't see her until towards the end of the movie as like full cheetah. I get that, but just the <sighs> I don't, it was tough for me. I'm sorry, it was. Tough. I get it. I get it. It wasn't great. Go ahead. What's your uh, my next my next one again? Like we talked about it with Pedro Pascal's character. Just give me some exposition. I need. I need to know why a villain is doing something earlier in the movie than 15 minutes before it's done. Mm -hmm. Don't make his like, don't use his background to show why he's doing something as like the reason why he doesn't want to do it anymore. It's, it was so bass backwards and I don't get why they didn't do it earlier. Like they could have done a 10 or 15 minute scene and like, so imagine this, Instead of instead of uh, instead of the Themyscira scene, you have Pedro Pascal, and he lives out that same basically like sequence 
of the movie where they show him as a poor kid, as a poor immigrant. They show him like watching his parents fight and his mother being abused to him being abused to him going to school and being like the outcast because his family doesn't have any money and like him being a failed businessman. And then you like you open up to the next scene as the whole Maxwell Lord's like commercial of like things are good. But they, could be better. but they could be better. You open up to that right after it. And it's such a, I feel like it's a smooth transition. I feel like you get the exposition of the character and you get why he is what he is, but they didn't give it to you. Mm-hmm. I just, I wanted that so much earlier. I wanted that exposition from him. So yeah. I just, just give Pedro Pascal a better character. For sure. My third one is just again like the 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 like it. This movie is two hours and I want to say it's two hours and thirty minutes or two hours and forty minutes. There are three two thirty one. There's three action sequences. Mm-hmm. That's that's awful. Like like why is that a thing? Like why do we have to wait that long between things happening? Like everything else is just them talking about the stone or them. Like there's like three times when when Gal Gadot's character, when Diana Prince calls calls Byra from a different country and says, "Do you have anything on the stone yet?" No. Okay. Click. Yeah. Like. Right. Turn that into one scene. Cut that out and add another fight scene somewhere in there. Like, where's a, mm-hmm. I need a B plot or something to be able to like get something else out of this movie. Like, I, there there wasn't enough. This didn't feel like a superhero movie. This was not yep. in the sense of superhero movie at all. And I felt bad for, I feel bad for people that paid to watch this movie, like paid money to watch this movie. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I mean, I, 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 I pay, not, I mean, I pay for a subscription. I'm not going to reimburse you, but I'm sorry. Like I feel <laughs> bad for you. That's fair. Uh, my last year is just the scene at the beginning. It felt like it didn't really have a connection to the movie other than showing off the armor. They re-showed off the armor towards the middle of the movie. It just, it didn't have any, it didn't really have any connection. It didn't feel like it was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that scene at the beginning of the movie, you get a really good like show of Themyscira in the first movie. I don't think you need to keep revisiting it. No, it's, that that's tough. I, uh, yeah. I, do you have any closing thoughts on the movie? I think we've, I think I've said it all. Like I said, I think I think the bones are there for a good third movie. You need to keep keep up with the action scenes. Let Gal Gadot do her thing. Figure out a third way to figure out another way to bring Chris Pine back and give your villain exposition. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into our our five worst movie sequels. So whether it's a yeah. direct sequel or a sequel within a franchise. Um, yeah. Really no holds barred here. So I'm going to go first. We can go second. We'll just go back and forth like we normally do. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, again, these are very personal ones. They're not like off of like top 50 online. Like these are all like my, our personal in general. So my yep. first one um, is my big fat Greek wedding too. <laughs> I love the first My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And if anyone says that movie is bad, you can fight me. I will fight you. I've never been in a fight, but I will fight you for that movie. I went to this movie on Christmas Day. So Kaylee, my wife Kaylee, her family goes to a movie every Christmas. And okay. and, and this the year that we went to this, it was Kaylee, Kaylee's mom picked it. And that's the one we went to. I have never been so mad at a movie in my life. I was upset. 
It sucked. <laughs> it reused all the jokes from the original. Have you seen the original by Big Fat Creek Wedding? I, I probably have like so long ago it's I can't remember. It's really it. funny. It holds up. It's really funny. <laughs> it holds up. Okay, whatever. Regardless, I was so mad at this movie. I've never I've walked out of a movie pretty mad before. This movie was bad. Yeah. It's fair. What's yours? Okay. So my follow up, uh my first one is Son of the Mask. So Son of the Mask was the sequel to The Mask. It had none of the original cast. It came out like 10 years later, and it was complete and total trash. It was awful. The C- the CGI in Re- in Son of the Mask that came out a long time after was worse than the CGI in the original Mask. <laughs> like, it was so bad. And, like, there's this whole bit where, like, the dog gets to- the dog wears the mask and, like, a baby wears. Like, it's just, it's bad across the board. Um, Alan Cumming I can't even think Loki. Yeah. And like, I can't even think of the guy who stars in his side from Kennedy. Alan Cumming. Yeah. And he's just like, they're like, Oh, he's the next. No, 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 he's not. No, he's awful. He went on, no, he, he went on to play uh Burt Gummer's son in the Tremors sequels. So that tells you where his life went. <laughs> uh, my next one is this is a, this is a, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a two for one here. Not uh, like two on my list, but like, I'm going to include these two together because mm-hmm. it's part of a, part of a thing. Hangover part two and three. I was mad. Because the original Hangover is probably the the hardest I've laughed at a movie theater ever. Yep. It, let's be honest. Like the first time that you saw the Hangover is probably the funniest shit you died ever, fucking laughing. It's it's hilarious. And I then, owned in college. I owned a cutout of um, Alan waking up like drunk in his underwear. Yeah. I had a I had to stand a cardboard cutout of that in my apartment. That makes me happy. And then when when they announced that the Hangover Part Two was coming out, I was like, "Let's go! I'm amped. Let's fucking do this." I, I just a letdown. I was so mm-hmm. mad. Like, the the the, uh, it sucks. It's mm-hmm. awful. It's <laughs> terrible. I just yeah. I I want it. I want. I want if I could erase memories like in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind instead of erasing ex girlfriends. I would take out these movies of my brain that I never sure. had seen them. Yep. Cause I get so mad when I think about them. <laughs> I didn't think hangover two was that bad. I, and again, this is very like, I watched it like twice and never saw it again, but hangover two, like had some funny bits to me. Three was obvious. Like three was shit. Three was like one I of the worst movies. I had to include movie. them both because I'm not going to justify two. I can't. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as one. I just don't think it's not nearly as bad as three. I think the drop off of, of comedy was is pretty significant. Three was three failed when they had Doug the whole time. Yeah. No, they didn't have Doug the whole time. They had it for a little bit. Anyway, they did for a little bit. Anyhow, uh, my number two is going to go to Spider-Man three. Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi. It's a good pick. I mean, just... It's a good pick. It it followed up one of still like to this day one of my favorite superhero movies. Spider-Man 2 holds up so well and there's a reason that they're throwing in like Alfred Molina into the new Spider-Man verse. There's a reason that they keep using like more of the villains from they're using the villains from uh 1 and 2 in Spider-Man as opposed to like 3 or the Andrew Garfield movies other than Electro. 
Yeah. And the only reason and the only reason Electro's in there is because Jamie Foxx is on top of the fucking world right now. No, so I just it was such a bad follow up. They re like they rehashed the Uncle Ben dying. They rehashed the um they rehashed like Venom is just not good in this movie. It's just so so not good. And it gave us goth Tommy Wire, which might have been the only funny thing in that movie that happened. And it wasn't meant to be funny. That's the, I know, that's but it was, but it was fuck, but it was hilarious. And the memes that came from it—that's probably the best thing of that movie. Well, they've made a joke a... of it in Spider Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, they did. I did that weird dance. Yeah, they thing. did. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So bad. So bad. Um. So my next one is. So I remember we talked about before. Like I refused to watch Dumb and Dumber Two, like the one with mm-hmm. Jim Carrey and and Jeff Daniels. Well, do you remember the sequel of Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd? It was like a prequel. Dumb, it's it's called Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber Er. It's also that's on my honorable mentions. Okay, so that movie. Okay, so I was eh, 14, 15 when I saw that movie, and my 14, 15 year old brain thought a lot of mm-hmm. dumb shit was funny. Right. I've watched the movie once and never watched it again because that pile of shit just also had Shia it. LaBeouf in it. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it did. Oh, I, I, the, the main <laughs> things I remember from that movie are the uh, the banana in the pocket scene. It was like, is that a banana in your pocket? You're just happy to see me. And he pulls out a banana. Yeah, my mom gave it to me. Want a bite? Like, yeah. That, okay, like that was a little funny. But then the rest of that movie, like the whole like fucking like Bob Saget bit was like, he shit everywhere. Like right. the whole thing was just. A hot fart of a mess of a movie. It was awful. Right. I I, the I whole, was so like, mad at that movie. Lloyd's dad was played by Luis Guzman. Yeah, he's a he's janitor a janitor at the, at the school, and they live in the school. And he le- he leaves him a a note with ketchup, and it's the entire length of the basketball court. Yeah. Fucking, Just so bad. Oh, I hate that movie so much. We're, oh, I I can't. It the only awful. thing I re- so the those things that like jumped into my brain from some unknown region that and then remembering shia labeouf dressed up as a son because they were in like they, they were in like movie. the special they were in like the special ed class yeah. and they had the short bus and ugh. it was just not good <sighs> not yeah. good at all what's your next movie. one um so my next one is indiana jones kingdom of the crystal skull again we've talked about it in this podcast i love the indiana jones movies and this was such a bad number four. It just was so terrible. And like <clears throat> nothing about it was good. They go, you know, granted, like you have to follow the timeline. So no, he's no longer fighting Nazis like he did in the first three movies. He's fighting the Russians because it's now the Cold War. But the fridge scene, the <sighs> just everything about that movie was not good. And then they're like, uh, it's fucking aliens. And it's just like, Why? Just nothing like, about why? this was good. Again, another movie on my another movie between our list that has Shia LaBeouf in it, and I I feel like he's gonna keep getting shit on in this. But just what what was the point? It's no point. I think South also, Park. I think South Park said it best when they were when they ran out of the theater a, screaming, "Oh my God, they're raping him!" <laughs> right. They uh, rough. Also, um, since we already quoted community i'm gonna add one on on there the 
do you remember in like one of the very last episode the last episode of season four when they're like tying their anthologies all together and Troy's talking with his group of popular friends from the school. He's like, yeah, the last Indiana Jones has aliens in it. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that show so much. All right. Uh, my next one is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Okay. I was mad at that movie. Mm-hmm. Say what you will. Say what you will. This is going to be my, not my hot take, but this is going to be my my thing here. The first Transformers is good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I agree. The action's good. The yep. acting is pretty funny. The sequences are good. Transformers yep. Revenge of the Fallen, shit. Hot mm-hmm. dog shit. Yep. The, the Shia LaBeouf's mom in the entire movie is just way over the top. The, the, the CGI just became awful out of nowhere. The two fucking yep. terrible Transformer robots that just keep making, like, very, like... They make the sex jokes. They make a lot of dumb jokes. And then the big-ass robot with a huge set of balls, like... Yeah. That was the that was the cherry on top when I'm like, this movie sucks ass. Right. Like, it was just a dumb movie. Yeah. Oh, I hated that movie so much. And how they, like... Uh, everything about that movie is just terrible. <laughs> I was so yep. mad. I went to that in theaters, just like I'm just fucking ready for robots to just punch the shit out of each other again. Mm-hmm. And I've and I got I got that piece of shit. Like, yeah, I'm so mad. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so like you sandwiched together the Hangovers. I'm going to sandwich together all of the Transformers sequels. There you go. So t- two through the last night. Yeah, it was just none of it's good. And they somehow made giant CGI robots fighting boring. And I don't know how, especially Revenge of the Fallen, like you mentioned. Him dying, trying to put the Allspark into Optimus Prime's chest, and he goes to, like, this weird, like, robot afterlife and sees the original Primes. And just, like, everything was so bad about it. Three was, like, a little bit better and I, I think the only reason I like three a little bit better is because you got Leonard Nimoy playing one of the older robots, mm-hmm. and that voice is just so so was so soothing. Um, but just it was so bad. Oh, it was so bad. It was just, not good. All of the sequels are terrible. I I'm sad to admit that I went to the um, the one with the first one with Mark Wahlberg in it. I saw that in theaters. How dare you! How dare you? I went to the third one in theaters because I thought they could redeem themselves, and they slightly did. But Right, three wasn't as bad as two. But it still wasn't, like I said, see what you will. Mm-hmm. The original Transformers is pretty awesome. Yeah, I like the original Transformers. And again, they had that really good balance of like comedy with the action, even though it was, again, just a complete CGI fuckfest, like we like to say. Yep. And I just, I think there were there were better things, better ways they could have gone with it. Um, and you just didn't get it. And then of course, like three, you got ri- like, they got, um, Megan Fox is gone after two. So you have to bring a new, new playboy model that somehow Shia LaBeouf gets like, gets attached with. And doesn't make sense. It's just a, it was a shit show, but yeah, all the transformer sequels are just bad. Yeah. Um, uh, my last one is going to be home alone three. I, okay. uh, the first two Home Alones hold a special place in my heart as a kid. Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about Home Alone on the podcast. Um, the third one, it it it, it completely. It, it, there's no original characters in it. 
It's all, it's a whole new story, and it's the worst thing in the world. Like the fact that a nuclear chip ends up in a kid's toy that this kid has, and then the the Russian like. It's so bad. It's just right. awful. There's nothing redeeming yeah. about that movie. It's just, I can't, I, it just ruined my childhood. Like, it took all of my childhood, and I was like, here? And then it said, mm-hmm. nope. And then just choke slammed me. Yeah. Through a table. Sure. And not in a fun way. Yep. It, it didn't Bill's yeah. Mafia me through a table. It, like, legitimately, like, choke slammed me through a table. <laughs> Fair enough. What's your last one? Uh, my last one is Rocky Five. So as we talked about, <laughs> as we talked about, like I am a, I, you're not as big of a fan. I, I love the Rocky movies. I think they're like the first one was obvious. The first one's good. Two through th- four get a little weird, but they're still fun movies to me. Um, but Rocky Five is so bad. It's just so terrible, and like the whole thing of like Rocky loses all of his, absolutely all of his money because of like his brother-in-law invested poorly and everything that goes on in the movie is just so bad. And they end up living on the streets and he has a, the funniest, like the best, the, I don't want to say the funniest, but like one of the craziest things that came from that movie is the actor that played Tommy Gunn, who was like the new heavyweight, get that uh, Rocky trains. He was at the time, like the heavyweight uh, champ of the world mm-hmm. and he got <laughs> so he got AIDS <laughs> and he bl- he blames it on the filming of Rocky and because it fucked him so it, hard apparently but like it's just this whole like this whole thing where like Rocky trains this new up and comer the new up and comer takes on bigger management Rocky fights him in a street fight and beats him he has like a very convolute, like a very line similar to, um, do you remember like Fast and Furious, like six or seven, where Vin Diesel's like, the thing about the street is when you fight, the street fights back or whatever, or when you fight the street, the street wins. Mm-hmm. Rocky had a very similar line in like 1994. So they stole it. That's what you're saying. They, they probably did. And it's just so bad. It's cheesy. It's like, you also get more involved with Rocky's kid and nobody cares about Rocky's kid. Like, it's just, he's a no, he's a nothing character. Right. But they like, because it's like more of a family, you know, that's like the family movie when Rocky's done with boxing. It's just so bad. It's so bad. And I love Rocky movies. It's so bad. (laughs) When the franchises get to be that long, there's always that one outlier of a movie. Oh, no matter what. No matter what. Do you have any honor? Do you have? Oh, 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 oh. I have honorable mentions. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I have a couple. So I'm going to, I'm just going to spew out mine quick here. So I know I didn't want to touch on like horror sci-fi franchises as far as like, but like I said, it's not, if you go long enough, you're going to have that outlier. Uh, Alien mm-hmm. three is hot dog sure. shit. The first yep. two alien movies, some of the best movies ever made in this world, like ever mm-hmm. made legitimately. Yep. And sure. Alien 3 comes out and just says, nope, and just mushroom stamps the entire world. Like, it was awful. <laughs> and the fun thing about Alien 3 is that David Fincher actually directed it. And David Fincher is one of my favorite directors of all time. Like, is legitimately mm-hmm. one of my favorite directors of all time. But he directed that hot, 
hot piece of dog shit. And I hope it made him for the better, because I kind of imagine that's what happened. But that movie sucks ass. Um, God, I, I lost train of what my other ones were, because I've just been, I'm still so upset from, like, all the <laughs> movies I talked about. So what, what are your honorable yeah. mentions? Uh, so one of them's Caddyshack 2. Uh, they I went from, like... Seen that. I, I put it on my honorable mentions list because I've only seen, seen bits and pieces. It's just, they go from what Caddyshack was to this like PG family fun pile of garbage. It just wasn't good, wasn't funny. Uh, Godfather Part 3, again, <laughs> on my honorable mentions list because the first, it's because it's such a follow-up to two incredible movies. Like right. the Godfather movies are known like universally, even if you've never seen them as like, some of the best movies ever made and you just don't get that from this movie um so godfather part three is on my list uh batman both clooney and kilmer terrible movies um and then as you mentioned predator or as you mentioned aliens three i'm gonna add another a monster movie onto mine and that's the predator it's i'm awful. calling it a sequel to the predator movies it is but yeah. the predator that came out in 2018 18 yeah, 2018 yep. yep you're right fall 2018 terrible movie like Olivia Munn in it is Olivia Munn's a terrible actress. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I, she's not good. And I, I, she hasn't been good in anything that I've seen where she's like a main person. So I'm not, I, I don't like Olivia Munn. Um, I'm also just, I, this is something I've been thinking about all week and I need to get this off my chest. Miles Teller's not a good actor. He's in, he's in a movie that did really well. And then he's done shit since. He's done. He's done okay. two movies well. One is Whiplash. The other's uh, like a smaller movie called Only the Brave about firefighters in Arizona. That's based off a true story. Those are the only two things he's done that are good. And then most other things he's been in have been garbage. I'm not gonna argue you. I just I just I need to Whiplash. get that off my chest. Yeah, I love Whiplash. Whiplash is a great, but he's not. It's, he's not the reason it's good. J.K. Simmons is the reason he's good, and that's why he won an Oscar for it. Fair. Fair. I just need to get that off my chest. I get that. I get that. Um, um, and then, yeah, those were my honorable mentions. Awesome. Let's award the pod. Let's award the pod. Who do you got? I know I talked about it earlier. Um, I, I made it. I made it kind of a joke, but I'm still gonna award the pod to Hank Aaron. He passed away today. Um, the home run sure. king, like the mm. original, the, the original home run, not the original, but like so. There's Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron, then obviously Barry Bonds. Hank Aaron just broke barriers for black athletes and especially in baseball. He was just an incredible ball player. Um, class act too. When Barry Bonds broke his record, he, he, he put out a video, he recorded a video and played it at the stadium. When Barry Bonds broke the record, just a, a class guy. Like mm -hmm. usually when someone breaks someone's record, they're bitter as hell about it. Barry, yeah. Hank Aaron was nothing but a class act the entire way through. So um, right. big RIP to that guy. Um, baseball is one of my favorite sports of all time. And it'd be hard for me not to give the award to him. Good. Excellent. Um, you know, it's mine. I'm going to give it to, I don't think I've awarded it to him yet. So I'm going to give it to Pedro Pascal. Um, like I said, he is the reason this movie's good. The movie we talked about today, he's part of the reason that it was any good. Um, but also just the Mandalorian having finished up recently, that guy's just going to be pumping out heat for a while. And I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited for his other properties. He's a great actor. Um, and like I said, it just, he's, he, when he's given quality product to work with, he puts out a quality performance, mm -hmm. even though you don't even, you don't even see his face in any of, of 
the Mandalorian is still like compelling acting in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got to give it to Pedro Pascal. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Um, I got nothing else. Do you have anything to end the pod on? Otherwise we'll just, that's all I, that's all I got. Excellent. Well, as always, I'm Alex. I'm Nathan. We'll see you next week. Go watch a movie. Run. Uh, I hope you're all good. I'll talk to you later. Peace.